So while I don't work in a hospital anymore, I'm very much involved in the education, things that are going around in the world of nursing, um, evidence-based practice updates and stuff. So I think nursing school tells us that to be a nurse, you have to work within four walls of a hospital. And that's not necessarily true or the case, or in my case. How does a nurse become a wildly popular entertainer, comedian, and influencer whose humor, theatrics, and keen insights into the lives of nurses are enjoyed throughout the world by an audience of millions? Well, let's talk all about it with none other than Blake Lynch, also known as Nurse Blake, right here on episode 432 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is about you, your personal professional development, your nursing career, and the healthcare system in the big picture. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride. And I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. If you want to help other people find the show, of course, you can leave a rating and review at Spotify or Apple or Google or Amazon, or just share the show with anyone who you think might benefit and enjoy it. And you can become a patron at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. I appreciate you all so much. No matter what you're doing to support the show, just listening right now is more than enough. You can go to nursekeith.com for the show notes, but of course, the show notes and links will be in any app where you happen to be listening. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are here with Blake Lynch, popularly known as the inimitable Nurse Blake. And Blake, I am so excited to have you here. And you are about to launch a 100-city tour. It's the Shock Advise Tour, and I love all your graphics and everything. And you're launching it up in Anchorage, Alaska. And I just want to ask you, like, how did you come to the place of realizing, like, whoa, I can be funny, I can be entertaining, and I can go out there and, like, just make nurses laugh and help them feel seen? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for having me on the show, by the way. Of course. I, you know, I got into nursing never expecting I would do comedy or entertainment like of any sort. Like, so let's work in a hospital, like take care of patients. Like that was my goal. Like that was my dream. And it was through being burned out as a nurse about five years into my career working in the ICU that I just needed like an outlet and community to connect with nurses. So that's when I posted my first video on social media and it spread like wildfire and went viral. And I got so much love and support from my community that I kind of wanted to, you know, give back to them in a way where they could come out to live events and all come together. And that started really naturally and organically. Like in 2019, I did like five little shows uh, around the country at nursing schools and like sold tickets on Eventbrite. And then I did 10 shows and then it was 50 shows and then 55. And it's kind of led me here, which is like over 100 shows this year, which I'm, I'm just so excited about. And what energizes me 
and gets me to do everyone is all the nurses that come out to them and they come out in party buses, like big groups of like mm-hmm. 30 and 40 to have the best night ever. That's what nurses deserve. So if I'm able to give them an awesome night, then I'm going to keep doing it for sure. And that's awesome. And so it started out with you just deciding to post some videos on social media, just kind of almost for your own um, release, maybe. Yeah, it was uh, just a cathartic way for me to, you know, yeah, like you said, just like a release. Like I was, I had my first panic attack. I remember driving home from work one shift and I was like, oh my God, like maybe nursing's not for me. Like maybe I can't handle it. And I just needed an outlet. So I posted my first video and it just made a lot of other people laugh and me laugh. And I've just kept making really video content uh, over the past five or six years now. That's amazing. And it's a kind of a similar story to um, our mutual friend, Stephanie Beggs of RN Explained, right? She decided just to post some videos because actually she was making videos because she knew that that was the best way for her to learn was actually to teach. So she decided just to do that. And then all of a sudden, like everybody wanted her videos. So you all have had a similar a similar journey in a way. And when you go out on the road, you hear a lot of things, right? I'm sure, of course, you're an entertainer and a comedian and you're super funny. I've watched your videos and you you use humor as a way to disarm people and also to call out all the crap that you see out there in the <laughs> world, like the catty yeah. behavior, the weirdness, the the bizarreness of healthcare and the ridiculousness of of the way healthcare happens in this country. And when you go out and people laugh with you, and then I'm sure you have meet and greets and you talk to people and people reach out to you. What do they say? Like, what are you, what is, what are some of the the kernels of what you're hearing from people out there in the world right now from nurses. Yeah. You, a lot of people say, Oh my God, you said during your show, everything I've thought or wanted to say, but I don't want to get in trouble by my hospital or, you know, your humor helped me get through nursing school. Uh, And one of my favorite ones is honestly bringing people together. I'll have like, I remember I had this mom and her daughter who was in nursing school and the mom was a nurse but they hadn't talked for a few years and they came together to come to the show so just knowing that it's like able to bring people together through through humor but then through that you get connection with other people and um i always want people to walk out of my show feeling inspired and feeling loved and not alone and so so comments like that hearing that people have reunited you know mm-hmm. to come to my show is what is i think the the most special and a really common thing that people tell me. Mm-hmm. And uh, people care about a lot of things, right? So people care about staffing. They care yep. about overwork. They care about burnout. And you mentioned burning out yourself, which I've done my share. I've I've had my experiences. And do people talk about bullying, lateral violence, like the ways in which nurses treat each other? You know, especially those yeah awful, awful behaviors that we see and hear about. Yeah, we talk about that. Like I, I bring topics like that up in my show all the time. 
And I definitely hear that from nurses. And I think that it's the generation now, you know, that is going to hopefully change that behavior. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking what, you know, nurses experience in the hospital all the time. They just clock out and they have to, you know, deal with it, you know, at night to really look at the things they go through as a nurse, laugh about some serious topics, right? And then go back in like, wow, like how do I change this? Or how can I make this better? Do I approach this differently? And I think that's something that the show kind of does for people. It takes them out of their regular routine, can see nursing and their nursing practice in a different light surrounded by a bunch of other nurses. And it's just that hope of like inspiration. Um, what's so cool about my show, not even my show, my audience is that they're all different ages. You'll have an eight year old nursing student and then a 72 year old CNO all laughing at the same things. And I think it's that kind of environment that's going to hopefully help end the whole bullying, lateral violence, nurses eat their young culture. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you take something so serious like lateral violence and make it funny? And but also at the same time, you have to connect with the emotional core of that subject, which is you know people yeah. are pissed off and and hurt, right? And and like morally injured by other nurses like tearing them down. How do you turn you know serious topics into comedy? How does one do that? Anything could be turned into comedy. Anything could be turned into a joke, <laughs> uh-huh. i.e. death, for example. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's we're all going to die. A lot of us have experienced lateral violence in some way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, that's what comedy is all about. It's like pushing the bounds, pushing the limits. But I do know at the end of the day, I'm a professional, you know, so I, so I have to kind of balance that within my show and within everything that I do. But I just think it's breaking a wall down. It's sharing a specific story that has happened in my life. And basically, that's what my show is about. My show is actually real experiences that I've had before I became a nurse, when I went through nursing school and as a nurse now. And I just think people are able to relate to it in so many different ways that they're able to laugh at me and my experiences, right? Mm -hmm. It's sometimes you can laugh at other people's experiences and then it kind of relates to your own experience because you don't want to laugh at yourself sometimes, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, I think that's what helps people just break down the wall and the barrier and start conversations. You know, a lot of my videos start conversations, whether it's a good conversation or a bad conversation. Uh, but for the most part, everyone in my comments is really nice to each other. And my community is super great and positive. So I super love and appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I think you exude so much positivity and sense of fun and sense of, you know, empowerment. And I think of course, like attracts like. So you're going to attract people who yeah. think that way and feel that way and they connect with you. And one thing I wanted to ask you was you never you never thought you were going to do this, right? You you wanted to be a nurse and you no, went no. into into nursing. <laughs> so did you ever have experiences in the past prior to being a nurse where you acted or did improv or did anything along those lines that prepared you for what you do now? 
Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people don't know this fun fact about me, but when I was actually getting into nursing school, I worked at Disney, so the Magic Kingdom, and mm -hmm. I was actually friends with Peter Pan. So I was Peter Pan for about a year, year and a half. And I definitely think that experience really helped me kind of in the acting world because my show it, it is a show it's not just stand up i'm doing skits and bits and mm -hmm. uh, a variety of different things in my show um and that's also helped me it, it's helped me in my nursing practice communicating with patients it helps me when i connect with nurses after my show during meet and greets um so so that was a big part into allowing me to do what i do and be comfortable at it you know, I tell nursing students all the time, the hardest part about nursing is talking to a patient and their family, right? right. Like that's the hardest part. We can all learn IVs, Foley's, mm -hmm. Flexi Seals, but it's really that communication and breaking down that wall and barrier and being comfortable. So my experience as Peter Pan has really helped me in the, the whole world of, of Nurse Blake. I think it's great that you were Peter Pan and I can, <laughs> I can just picture like, you know, the ears and, you know, the whole costume and <laughs> you know what? You know what's so funny, Keith, is what? there are people of me that have pictures uh, of me at my tour, like recently, mm -hmm. and then have also found pictures of me with their kids as Peter Pan from 10 years ago. That is awesome. So that's really cool and special. That's great. So here's a question for you. Um, because you're doing all of this, you, you, you've had tours before. Your last one was the PTO tour. This one is the yeah. Shock Advice advised tour and this is a long one this is 100 dates or more um when do you find time to work in in healthcare you know how do you fit that into your life yeah so in addition to my tour i do run and own a nurse con at sea which is a nursing conference um that's one of the mm -hmm. brands that i created a few years ago so i actually manage about 90 people um variety of like full-time, part-time workers and contractors that help nurse kind of see be the success that it is. So I mm -hmm. actually work on a daily basis with three DNPs who are part of the nurse kind of see team. So while I don't work in a hospital anymore, I'm very much involved in the education, things that are going around in the world of nursing, um, evidence-based practice updates and stuff. So I think nursing school tells us that to be a nurse, you have to work within four walls of a hospital. And that's not necessarily true or the case, or in my case. Um, so, so I'm able to work in nursing just in a different area than in a regular hospital setting. So between the tour and running nurse kind of see, it definitely keeps me very busy. Yeah. I'm so glad you, you brought up not being within the four walls of a hospital, because as a lot of my listeners know, I've never worked in a hospital in 27 years as a nurse. And the last seven, eight years, I've done precious little clinical work. But nursing is more about an identity than it is as much right. about, you know, tasks, you know, the task-based aspects yep. of nursing. And NurseCon at sea looks amazing i was looking at the website today um reviewing it and you know there's there are all sorts of educational cruises out there and there are nurse cruises as well but your cruise is just a little bit different i mean you've got <laughs> you've got drag shows you've got you know you've got a lot of entertainment and you also have CE yeah. courses, and you mentioned the DNPs you work with. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the cruise and what was it like the first time you you all set sail? 
Yeah. So I actually got inspired to do the cruise back when I was in nursing school. I was president of the Florida Nursing Student Association. And so I attended a lot of nurse halls. And I said, I want to put on like a conference that nurses deserve. So we just put it on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. So we have the whole ship. So in uh, next year, we're going to have over 3,500 nurses. We got the whole cruise. I bring on, like I said, a team of 90. 25 of those are, are just educators. So they just run CNEs. And I'm so impressed with our team because we went from just offering like 28 CNEs our first year to offering about 38 this year. And then next year, we're going to be offering almost 80 CNE courses. So um, we're on this um, term of just like elevating while nurse kind of see a super great as is. We just want to elevate and get better and improve. So there is a big education component in addition to the parties and the theme nights that we do, because what I think is uh, could be as equally, if not more important than just to see any is having nurses feel connected and nurses mm -hmm. being a part of a network and a community. So being able to do both of those things um, over, you know, five nights on a cruise ship. It is pretty epic and memorable. And we've had people that are now going to be on our fourth cruise again. So it's already building its own little community uh, of our nurse kind of see participants. So it, it's really cool to be a part of that. I know nurse Blake isn't going to be around forever. Um, what? One day we're not going to, one day we're not going to be on this earth anymore, but my mm -hmm. hope is that nurse kind of see can, can still live on and still, you know, provide a lot of uh, community and education to nurses uh, for many, many yeah. years. Now, are there any um, CE credits for learning how to perform in a drag show? <laughs> there is not. Unfortunately, we're not accredited oh, for that. I, I, I wish we were. These accrediting, <laughs> but yeah, our, our courses are fully accredited. These accrediting bodies are just so stuffy. I don't know. You know, maybe so you need stuffy. to start your they own. They just won't let us be... Nurse drag queens, I know. <laughs> Great. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They, they've got some catching up to do culturally, don't they? Um, <laughs> well, when we come back from the <laughs> exactly. break, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about nursing. I want to talk more about some of your own experiences and the things you hear out in the world because you talk to a lot of nurses all the time and anything else that happens to be on both our minds in the second half of the show. So, how does that sound? Sounds good to me. Okay, so hang in there with us. We will be right back for the second half of episode 432 of the Nurse Keith Show. And we will be right back with none other than Blake Lynch, also known as Nurse Blake. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. We're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend and colleague, Nurse Blake, also known as Blake Lynch. And Blake, prior to the break, we were talking about the stuffiness of uh, Nurse CE uh, accreditors who don't accredit um, nurses learning how to perform in drag shows. So, you know, what's up with that? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, they just don't give us accreditation for that. No, yeah. we we definitely make our courses uh, not only like super interesting and hands on, but we also like to push push the bounds and talk about things that regular nursing conferences might not talk about. 
Um, and what's so cool about our courses and our conferences, a lot of people will bring their spouses who necessarily mm-hmm. aren't in healthcare, and they will attend some CNEs that affect them and their family. Like we had um, a nurse, she was there with her husband, they attended one of our transgender courses, and he sat into it because he has a transgender child. And I think that just gives me goosebumps right now, knowing that our conference even goes, uh, extends beyond the bounds of just nursing, that someone who's not even in healthcare can benefit from, from one of the classes on our, on our cruise. That's really lovely. Um, and since you're an educator, because you really are, I mean, you're an entertainer, but you're also, you're an educator. I mean, that's what you do. And... <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about nursing school and about nursing education. <laughs> Me and too. We were just talking about, you know, education, learning being fun. You know, there there are ways to make learning yep. fun. And people have asked me if I'm ever going to get a master's degree. And I'm like, maybe, but I don't want to go back to nursing school because, you know, it's just feels feels deadly on many levels. So I know some people enjoy it and that's fine, you know. Um, but what is it about nursing school that you have found and experienced and seen that has that sort of like deadening quality? What is it about education and nursing that you think doesn't quite cut it? Yeah, I think that's where bullying starts. I think that's where we start seeing the the nurses eat their young. I think we focus more on a grade rather than the actual content and educating on nurses how they can affect change in their community. So I think it lacks an advocacy aspect. And I honestly think they treat us like children. I remember, you know, just being treated like a kid. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all going to be nurses helping patients and we are full grown adults. And they would get on us about things that they do. Like, for example, like being late, we had a professor that was always late, but if we were late, we were in trouble. Or I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, whether they have a disability or some limitation that the the school thought as a limitation, they would say, hey, you can't be a nurse. You shouldn't be in nursing school. You're not going to make it. And that is the furthest from the truth. Anyone mm-hmm. out there who has a passion for nursing can be successful. And I think people that live with disability can even be better nurses than me because they're able to relate to patients on a totally different level. So I've heard a lot of professors in nursing schools like tell students like this and some even being my friends, like you're not going to you're not going to make it. And seeing them make it makes me so happy um and they don't have to prove anything or to anybody but i just think that's one of the unfortunate things about nursing school is uh, the lack of being caring in the sense that professors should treat their students the same way they expect us to treat patients administrators should treat their nurses the same way they expect their staff to treat patients and i mm-hmm. think that just gets missed somewhere unfortunately mm-hmm. and yeah, thanks for bringing that up about nursing school. And I do agree that, especially from my perspective, there's this old school way of approaching nursing school, which I think might have parallels to medical school, where there's this there's this mm-hmm. um, hazing and this, you know, 
I suffered, so you're going to have to suffer too kind of outlook. And, and that comes, we see that in the profession as well. You know, well, I was hazed and bullied when I was a new nurse, so I'm going to make you suffer and, you know, suffer the slings and arrows to get to this point. And earlier you mentioned something about the current generation. And I personally have been singing the praises of the younger generations of nurses for quite a few years now, because I feel like we're at this point in our culture where there is potential for there to be a major sea change. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing, we've been seeing millennials kind of take the reins of power. You know, like I have millennial friends in their, you know, mid thirties who are now directors of nursing. You know, there's people who are, Mm -hmm. they're starting to move up the ladder into, into those places where they can have influence. How do you see those generational shifts? And do you feel that same sense of optimism that I feel? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, you know, I, when I can, I try to attend nurse strikes around the country. Um, Some of these nurses that are striking are striking for the first time in decades. They're coming out in massive numbers. We're seeing more and more strikes happen, which mean nurses feel more empowered and emboldened, like they do have a voice. So I think that's incredible. I, I, I remember just being in nursing school not that long ago when like your PTO would be denied for anything. But now nurses that are part of my generation that are now in management roles say, I'd rather have someone just tell me they're calling out so I could be prepared. I approve every PTO because if I don't approve it, they're just going to call out. So I better make my team aware and be prepared. And I think it's little changes like that. Uh, is what's going to turn the tides exactly you know what you said so i do have a lot of optimism and unfortunately like i'm going to go speak at this nursing school soon and they're like uh, uh nurse blake can't talk about safe staffing well guess what i will talk about the realities of nursing and one of those includes mm-hmm. safe staffing so you're not going to put a muzzle on me uh i didn't tell them that i was just like oh yeah okay okay um no problem yeah. but it's it's unfortunate that some schools uh out there you know are, are just not being honest with their students about the realities that nurses face and the ability they have to to make change and you know influence nursing and in healthcare in the future um, so unfortunately, as we take steps, there's always a step backward, but I think we are moving in the right direction. So there are nursing schools, which shall remain nameless, that try to dictate what you can and can't speak about because they're, what are they afraid of? Right, exactly. I don't know what they're afraid of. I actually, one of the things that led me to doing my own show and tour were limitations that hospitals and schools would put on me when I would be invited to go talk on their campus or at their facility. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I'm a nurse. So the person I advocate for is the staff nurse, the bedside nurse, the nursing student. I don't cater to the hospital. I don't cater to the nursing school. I don't cater to medical device companies. I don't care Mm -hmm. cater to nursing associations because at the end of the day, I'm a nurse and I will always advocate for the nurse. So I was like, you know what? If they're going to try to limit me and try to cover tape over my mouth, then I'm just going to do my own tour and say whatever I'm going to say, which is so cool now because like hospitals will buy tickets and do giveaways for my tour for their nurses. So even they know it's better to just be honest and open with their nurses and staff nurses, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because in nursing school, I mean, I do understand we're teaching to the NCLEX, right? So, you know, our, right. our students need to pass and we need to keep up a certain pass rate because of our accreditation. Right. You know, you go on and on and on yeah. with the litany of things. However, at the same time, we have to prepare them for real life. And right. real life is beyond the NCLEX questions. And when right. schools when schools are so focused on on you know this very narrow window of what they feel is important to know and you're you're not really speaking to reality there's a real disservice being done to everyone yeah and what have you heard when you've gone to schools and you've spoken the truth what do students tell you do they come up and say do they they say, oh my gosh, I never want to be a nurse now because you've told me the truth? Or what what do they really say? No, like they're honestly inspired to know that nursing is not easy because they learn that in the clinical, right? They 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 work with their preceptors who are constantly frustrated and short staffed. So they see it. So these schools can't hide it. They could sugarcoat it all they want, but like I said, we're adults, we're smart. We, we could see between the the barrier and in between the lines that they're inspired to really make nursing better. And I think that's what schools really should focus on and teach and educate. That's evidence-based practice, right? Like sometimes schools and facilities only use evidence-based practice when it benefits them or benefits them financially. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to healthcare and education, like just be honest and like inspire your students to create change. It's not, it's not that hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, changing gears for a second here. Um, since you talk about all the fun stuff, um, <laughs> uh, what do you talk about in terms of the pandemic in your show? Do you, um, do you have a coronavirus costume? You know, how do you address the pandemic? <laughs> No, I've uh, uh, lightly addressed the pandemic uh, during my last show, during my PTO tour. Um, so it is not in my shock advice tour. I've kind of let that be that be kind of there, move on to new things. Um, so I definitely mm-hmm. did address it um, in a way that was, you know, didn't, you know, trigger unfortunately, like PTSD for a lot of people. So in a lighthearted way. Mm-hmm. So we have moved yeah. on moved on from that into some, some funnier lighthearted content. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And just, just in terms of the pandemic, what were you doing in 2020 and 2021? Where did you find yourself in your life during that period? It was hard. It was not easy. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, I, I wasn't working in a hospital facility but we had just sold and put up for sale NurseCon at sea. And so we were getting ready for to host the ultimate nursing conference. And it the pandemic happened. So we had to postpone it. So I was managing a lot on the back end. I was looking for a job here in Orlando, Florida, right before the pandemic started. I had interviewed and got accepted for a position on uh, inpatient hospice unit. But the pandemic here affected Florida differently, and they did a big hiring freeze. So I was not able to start anyways. And I was trying to look for ways that I could still help nurses, you know, and the community while not working at the bedside. So I put our education that we had planned for NurseCon at C2020 on an app so nurses could get all their CNEs for free because unfortunately that didn't stop. You still had to maintain your license in, in many states. Very true. Um, so giving nurses free CNEs was a, a way for me to, to c- 
trying to help nurses during that horrific time. Yeah, it was a horrific time. And I think, um, I think putting it to rest to a large extent is really smart. I think people are tired of hearing about it. They yes. don't want to talk about it. You know, we've, we've talked about it to her blue in the face and, you know, if you can make people laugh about, you know, some of the ridiculousness of it, yeah. ridiculousness of it, that's great. And, um, yeah. so when you're coming up for material, when you're, when you're like pondering, okay, I'm going to do a new tour, you know, where does, where does some of your inspiration come in terms of what the new material is going to be? Where are you listening? Where are you tuning yeah. in to kind of get that information and inspiration? So luckily I have so much content. Like if you look at a nurse's 12 hour <laughs> shifts, you got so many stories for 12 hours. You got 120 stories essentially, because so much happens. Mm -hmm. So my notes app on my iPhone is like insane. I have like hundreds and hundreds of pages of a mess of ideas and, you know, I am very active on social media. I meet a lot of nurses and just like reading the comments, you know, I kind of know where we all are as nurses and as a community and what we're all feeling and facing. But all my stories are so true. I have so many. Sometimes I feel like when I'm ending a tour or a show, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no content. What am I going to talk about? <laughs> oh, I have mm -hmm. so And my shows are pretty long. My shows run approximately 90 minutes. Um, wow. which is pretty long for a comedy show. Most comedy shows it run is. at 50, maybe 60. Um, but mine's 90 minutes. And I, building this show, I have over two hours. So I'm in the process of cutting it down. So I already have content for if and when I do another tour <laughs> in the future. So I'm good on yeah. content, Keith. Yeah, no problems there. And um, <laughs> do you have a lot of other people in the shows with you? Do you have a lot of other performers and people who come out on stage? It is just me. It is legit a one-man show. Wow. Yeah. And you hold the stage for an hour and a half. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just thinking back to you being Peter Pan <laughs> and I'm thinking like, man, how do you learn to, how do you learn to hold an audience for so long? You know, yeah. did, did you, have you worked with coaches? Have you had people help you kind of like understand what being an entertainer is? So I'm very lucky that I always work with a lot of great people around me. I know with whatever I do, whatever I'm selling, or even if it's free, like I just came out with a free magazine, um, just dropped a free magazine. Um, I want to know that it benefits the nurses. And especially if a nurse is going to invest in my show or buy a ticket for my show, that they are going to get the best show possible. Whether you come to my first show or my last show, it's going to be entertaining. Um, so I do work with some local comedians here in the Orlando area that help me gear up for my show. I'm in the process of finalizing my script. And I will actually be working it on a stage a few weeks before my tour kicks off. So um, so it's super exciting to see it all come together. I will actually run it by a few nurses of all different specialties and ages to make sure we're on the same page and we get the same laughs. I never want to take material up and really test it for the first time because that would be unfair to the audience. Mm -hmm. um, so so I put in a lot of work to make sure that it that it's gonna be that's gonna be fun, that's gonna be worth it, and to feel that nurses got more than their money's worth for coming out mm -hmm. to a show. 
Wow. And so someone listening might be able to someday be in like a Nurse Blake focus group when you're preparing for your next tour. Yeah, you might be. You might be. You never know. All right. Have to keep an eye on that. So you and me and Stephanie Beggs and so many other nurses and, you know, what do we call ourselves sometimes? Influencers, whatever word we want to use. Many of us have discovered that social media is a great way to reach people. And a lot of nurses who I talk to say, oh, I don't use social media. You know, especially when I hear that from nurses who want to be business people, you know, they want to be entrepreneurs <laughs> and, and they say, oh, I don't do yeah. social media. And I'm like, well, do you want to be a business person? Um, mm-hmm. And then some people say social media is so superficial. And my response is always, well, it's superficial if you use it in a superficial way. There's plenty right. of ways to leverage the channels in the worlds that are out there right now, the ecosystems. So for someone who wants to dip their toe into social media in terms of creating content, even if they're not, you know, thinking about making money, but they might be a nurse or healthcare professional and they just want to see like, okay, so what can I actually do with these tools? What are some things you recommend if someone wants to like, just take the first baby steps of seeing like, what can I do on LinkedIn? What can I do in TikTok or Instagram? Yeah, for sure. I know you were talking about Stephanie Beggs earlier. Like the problem she was facing is trying to graduate nursing school and not having the appropriate notes mm-hmm. available like online for her to be successful. So she started recording and writing her own notes and putting them online to help other nursing students. I got burned out and had a panic attack. I just needed an outlet in the community. So I just started posting videos. Um, a lot of people need an outlet when they're driving to and from work, which listening to your podcast or other podcasts out there, you know, I think all of us have identified some sort of problem and provided some sort of solution that helps us. So we know it's going to help other people. I say do it. I mean, there's so much space for other nurses to get online and kind of help their community out. I think if you start by helping, uh, you'll be able to see different ways where you can monetize in the future if that is your goal. But as long as you're providing good, positive benefit to your followers, it's not about how many followers you have. It's about the quality of followers that you have. It's about having fun. Like mm-hmm. I don't post every Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. Like I'm not on a rigid schedule. Like whenever I feel like posting, I post. Sometimes I post twice a day. Sometimes I post once a week. It's whatever I'm feeling so I don't mm-hmm. get burnt out. So it's more about having fun every project that I do. Like if it's not fun, then it's not going to be fun for other people that are participating in it on the other end. So have fun with it. Have fun, be yourself and just ask other people for help or insight if you if you need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice. And I think, you know, there are lots of communities out there and, you know, there's only so many people we can meet in our day-to-day yep. life. And, yep. you know, we might go to work, we might go to a conference, but social media, it's sort of like there are all these cocktail parties going on all over all the time, yes. 24 hours a day. And you can, you tune into the conversations that hold meaning for you, yep. whether they're funny and fun or whether they're serious, serious. and they're about like really intense issues. Yep. You know, I feel like we we all have to find our place. We have to find those yeah. topics that, hold meaning for us. So when yep. you're when you're feeling like you need inspiration or you need something 
to feed you, mm-hmm. where do you turn? Like, even if it's not outside healthcare, like where do you, where does Blake go? You know? Oh, I take a break. Like I put my phone down. Mm-hmm. I take like three days just offline. Uh, I'm so busy in my mind where I, sometimes it's so busy and running all the time. I'm not able to be as creative as I want to be, but just driving in a car, you know, taking a trip, going to see family in the shower, (laughs) Um, really, because the phone and my phone and social media has helped me so much, but it also can get in the way, right? It can't block me just like anything else out there. So Sometimes it's just as creative for me to put my phone down for a few days um, and get in my creative mind again. Mm-hmm. And then I go right back to it and I take a break if I need to take a break. It's like if you want to go out and network, you're not going to go out to a party every night. You'd be so burned out and tired. It's kind of just like social media. Like, it's okay if you only do it three nights a week or whatever. Um, it's healthy to to be in your own mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good advice. And speaking of advice, I'm sure you've done a a fair number of commencement speeches, right? I've done a few. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few. So when you're talking to new graduates, what do you feel like, what's the overarching message that new nurses need to hear right now at this point in history, post-pandemic? You know, what are the, what are sort of like some of the core messages that you feel like are the ones that really sink deepest when you when you communicate them yeah i think there's a huge there's a lot of pressure for nurses to be perfect especially nursing students right and i felt the pressure to be perfect and that's what burned me out because i try to be the perfect nurse every shift which in this environment is impossible so i tell nurses like you're not going to be perfect you don't know everything that is okay that's normal that is healthy for a nurse to not know everything and unfortunately i didn't learn this about until five years into my career working at the hospital that I had a panic attack that I was putting so much pressure on myself. Mm. Have fun. I think nurses, I think we get so scared into the liability that nurses face. You know, if we make an error, if we do something wrong, which is so true because we got people's lives in our hand, but that's the same as someone texting on their phone, accidentally running a red light. There's liability around us all the time, but we still have to live our life and have fun and help other people. And I think if you just take that away, like when you're at the bedside, just like have fun, be yourself, connect with patients. I think that's just going to help a lot of new grads just transition and be comfortable in their practice. I love that. I love that. So if people want to connect with you, I know nurseblake.com is sort of the clearinghouse for everything. Yeah. And you're on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Um, where do they find NurseCon at C? Yeah, you could just uh you could do it from my website at nurseblake or just go at to nursecon at c.com. Okay, awesome. And I also know you created a NurseCon app. And tell us a little bit about the <laughs> continuing education courses. What are you running these days? Yeah. So if you, um, for some reason, can't attend NurseCon at C and you need your CNEs and you want them for free, you could just go to nursecon.com or download the free NurseCon app. And we have a wide variety, a wide catalog of uh, CNEs courses that we've taught on the cruise and just we've cataloged. So you can get your CNEs for free there too. That's and great. we're looking at growing that platform in the future. So I'm so excited. We've actually also grown, which I'm so impressed with our team, is we have a whole a farm track for a APRNs. 
a part of nurse kind of C. So we're also expanding into the, the um, CNE education for nurse practitioners. Well, that's great because everybody and their mother wants to be a nurse practitioner right now. Not me, but others. I know. Um, <laughs> me neither. More power to them. Um, but that's <laughs> great. I'm glad you're dipping into that that C as well. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, now, before we go, I've got four questions I ask all of my guests. They're not related to okay. anything we've been talking about so far. Are you game for a little lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah? Okay. So the first one is, how do you define success personally and or professionally? I think it's all happiness, right? I think I, I've been able to gather so much experience um, over my past few years on trying new things. But if I'm not happy, it means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. Did you learn that from someone in your life? Was that was that like modeled for you? You know what? It just came to me over time. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I live a very comfortable life, you know, privileged life, right? Mm -hmm. um, there was a point in time when I, I wasn't, where, you know, I had no money. And sometimes I could compare the two. And sometimes I was happier back then. I was happier mm -hmm. living in a fifth wheel RV, you know, at the KOA, you know. And, and it's just all, where's your happiness? Where does your happiness lie? It's not a dollar value. It's not the letters you have behind your name. I think it's more about the people you surround yourselves with. I love that. Okay. Second question. Could you name or just describe a person who's inspired you in the course of your life? They could be living or dead, famous, or someone none of us would ever have had the opportunity to hear about. It would definitely be RuPaul. I don't know if anyone watches like RuPaul's Drag Race, but mm -hmm. uh, RuPaul is like the OG drag queen. What I love about her is she has inspired and built so many other um, drag queens. Uh, she's been able to provide them a platform to be really successful. So she doesn't compete against these other drag queens, right? She helps them. And that's what I've really learned from her. And in the world of nursing and nurses, either young, we shouldn't be competing against each other. We should all be helping each other and giving each other different platforms and opportunities. So that's something I really look up to RuPaul for. Now, has RuPaul ever been, um, been in the cast of Nurse Con at Sea? I her drag queens have been yes. No, so while really oh yeah, we have um some famous drag queens that attend Nurse Con at Sea, which is really cool and fun. Yeah, that come from RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, that's really great. I love that. Yeah. Okay, um, all right. Third question, the penultimate question: Is there a book or a movie? It doesn't have to be an absolute favorite because that's so hard for many of us. Mm -hmm. But a book or movie that's had an impact on the way you think, the way you live your life, the way you approach your work, your relationships, anything that springs to mind? Yeah. Um, the subtle art of not giving up bleep. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. So he just talks about how, and I forgot the author of the book. I think it's like Mark, but it's incredible. It just, it just taught me to not give an F now that doesn't mean we don't care about things. No. It should we take that pressure off ourselves to really impress other people. Um, or like letting go of your ego, I think is also really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, so that book has definitely been very impactful uh on my life. Hmm. And it's helped me to connect with other people on a more real level. 
And I think that's kind of what I do now in Nurse Blake. Everything you do is relatable to other people. I don't Mm -hmm. give an F if uh, a CNO of a, a, a hospital doesn't like me because I talk about safe staffing. I don't give a if a nursing school is like nurse Blake, you know, has a video that has bad language in it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let that drive me anymore. It's Mm -hmm. I'm always going to help my audience the people that love and care about me and will give me space uh, for them. That's awesome. I like that a lot. Okay. Last question. If you were named King or queen of the world tomorrow, which I think would be, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, What's one of the first things you would want to do to improve the lives of your subjects, bearing in mind that you have ultimate power. So this would be just your first act as king or queen. Safe stuffing. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Because I think that helps everybody at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So that helps everyone that helps the patients, helps the nurses, helps the community at large. All right. Safe staffing. So that'll be your very first one. Um, I'm going to stretch this a little bit because it's fun. Um, what, yeah. what would you want to do next after the safe staffing? Oh, then it, then it would be free health care for all. Free health care. You're not the first guest to say that. So I think there's a little bit of a trend here. And I yeah. would <laughs> definitely vote for you if there was a vote. I absolutely want you to be <laughs> king or queen of the world. So. Yeah. Um, This is really wonderful. I think you have created a platform or many platforms that are fun. They're engaging. They're warm. They're personable and approachable. They disarm people with humor. And I think healthcare can be so deadly serious. Mm -hmm. And I think any way we can inject a little humor in there is so essential. And I just want to thank you on behalf of the nursing community of you know, providing a little bit of comic relief for so many nurses who need it right now. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. And I really encourage people to go to nurseblake.com. I encourage them to look up NurseCon and the NurseCon at sea. See how you can connect with Nurse Blake. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He's on TikTok. He is everywhere. He's even in the Caribbean, and you can go with him if you would like to. And please consider catching him on the tour. It is launching several days from the launch of this episode. So please get your tickets, bring your friends, tell your administrators to buy blocks of tickets because I think Blake would yes. appreciate that. Yeah. So Blake, thank you again. You're you're amazing and wonderful, and so good to meet you. Thanks, Keith. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this awesome episode of the Nurse Keith Show with none other than Nurse Blake. Remember to find the show notes at nursekeith.com or anywhere where you happen to listen. You'll find it all there. If you need personalized holistic career coaching to elevate your nursing career, check out nursekeith.com. Mention the show and get 10% off your first coaching package. And of course, you could become a patron. You can leave a rating and review. You can do anything you want. But just please come back and listen and share the show with your friends. We are proud members of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. We're produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. And Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster and newsletter wrangler. Before we say goodbye, I'll leave you with this quote by the musician Robert Fripp. May my living honor my parents. 
May my living repay the debt of my existence. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the inimitable Nurse Blake saying arrivederci from Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. Thank you, Blake. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we will catch you on the proverbial flip side.